Thoughts presented by Prescouter. We're having short discussions on big ideas in healthcare. I'm Jeremy Schmer, and with me is Dr. Ryan LaRanger. As part of trying to stay healthy, many of us add nutritional supplements to our diet. Maybe the reason is because of a known deficiency, or maybe it's just because it's a trendy thing to do. And who wouldn't want 1,500% of their daily vitamin C to fight off a cold quicker or prevent it altogether? But does this actually work? With the global dietary supplements market estimated at $150 billion, someone thinks it does. Anyway, Ryan, certainly there are a lot of opinions out there about nutritional supplements and literally thousands of products to choose from. What's your broad take on supplements? My broad take on supplements? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I take some. Um, my wife takes quite a few. Uh, how do I put it? Supplements are a little bit of a scientific black box because they are interacting with a huge number of factors in the body, right? It's any of these vitamins, any of these, you know, the supplements, zinc, minerals, etc. cetera. Uh, all of these things are known to be important for biological processes, but the direct mechanistic relationship between cause and effect is sometimes unclear. And in some cases is anecdotal. And there are additional complications because of the regulatory requirements for a nutraceutical or a dietary supplement versus a pharmaceutical, which has to go undergo much more testing. So if you like, we could spend some time talking about efficacy. There's also a regulatory pathway that I'd be delighted to discuss because there have been some recent changes. And uh, we can sort of take it from there. Uh, do you have any preferences to where we go? Yeah, why don't we why don't we dive into the regulatory a little bit? I have some other things I want to ask about, but it sounds like you know the the research um, is just it's just different, and the requirements of safety are different. So I would love to know a little more on that. So yes, requirements on in terms of safety safety are different uh, depending on what's being made. It's, there are good manufacturing protocols that need to be followed. Uh, the challenge, though, is that at a very high level. The regulatory requirements for a nutraceutical or a supplement are very different for the uh, regulatory environment for a drug. And this makes sense. Um, nutraceuticals are generally considered to be harmless, but it's that generally right where sometimes something can fall in the cracks. And so uh, for a while, uh, some groups at the FDA and so on have considered uh, regulations of the nutraceutical space to be um, somewhat insufficient. There's been a push for a new tranche of or updated regulations from the FDA for nutraceutical products. And this was supposed to happen right before COVID happened. Um, needless to say, that push halted. Um, it has not been restarted. So generally in the industry, Groups are, or some groups are anticipating a potential new push for new regulations for nutraceuticals. We do not know what they are. Uh, the general suspicion is that they are going to be more stringent. We don't know what they look like yet. So I, one thing you mentioned is that in some ways they're harmless, but that kind of begs the question of, are they are they still effective? Um, as I've once been told, your body will absorb the, the maximum it can of a certain vitamin or mineral from food or, or whatever. 
And then your kidneys will simply process the excess and you'll pass it, you know, by urine or stool. If this is the case, you know, are, are they really, are taking more really doing anything? <laughs> this question is so complicated. Uh, it's try, let's, so try. Let, let, let's break it down into a few ways, right? So let's say you've got 15,000% of more of you know what you would need in a day for vitamin c in a pill right you take that pill are you going to absorb all of that maybe uh but maybe not and I'm, when i say absorb i mean in the gut right like just stage right. one how much of that do you actually take i don't know the answer to that question because it's probably different for everybody uh so then after it just passes through the gut, then it's a matter of in your cells, how much of it is uptaked? I don't know. It depends on a lot of things. Uh, like how much, what is, what are your current levels? Are they too high? Are they too low? Are you fighting something? Do you need it for something? Who knows? Uh, and then there's like at the end, it's sure, you know, your kidneys process a bunch of it and removes it. But, you know, because most of these nutraceuticals are, packaged for every human right like they're the right. it's just take one or two of these a day maybe five um if especially if they're not like fat soluble or potentially harmful it's it doesn't matter it's if you take a certain amount then you'll probably use some fraction of it but it has to work for everybody so that's an interesting point and probably goes back to maybe the nebulous nature of these um, as also seen in, in the regulations. It's a little different for everybody. So who knows if you need to take 100 milligrams or, or what's, what's actually going to cause a change or have a result. So if everyone's a little different, are there other innovative ways um, to know what you might need? I know sometimes you can go for a blood test, find out that you're deficient in something, but other ways to know exactly what you may need and what may have an impact. So this is actually fascinating. Uh, let, let me take it from sort of two angles. Um, first of all, you're exactly right when you say sometimes the best thing is a blood test. And the blood tests are great because they're unambiguous, right? It's um, you take a blood test. It turns out you don't have enough vitamin K or you, you don't have enough vitamin D. Well, time to take some vitamin D and then take another blood test. Are you up to normal level? Normal level. Uh, if yes, great, right? It's Those are cases where often uh, supplements can really shine because they're meeting a known lack. Now, the other thing, and I think this is fascinating, that some groups are doing is they're actually looking at a patient's or, or a person's genome, right? They're looking at their genetics and they're saying, generally speaking, uh, when a person is taking a certain supplement or even eating a certain food, does that have a measurable impact on health benefits? And so this can be something where instead of like a direct, oh, you don't have enough folic acid, you should eat some broccoli. Instead, it's you have say, these genes and other people who have these uh, genes or these gene or this genotype have benefited measurably in health from eating broccoli eat your broccoli. Uh, so there's some, uh, I think there's actually one group, um, Genteract, where they have a web-based app where you upload your DNA and then you just sort of get recommendations, which you can then follow. And this is pretty accurate. Um, when you, when you take this, this sample and analyze it and understand maybe what somebody's predisposed to be deficient in, I mean, how accurate is this? 
That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I, so most of the, most of this is still it's early. I think it's pretty accurate. I, I've seen some encouraging early numbers, but you know whether or not it, it's measurement of health benefit, especially sort of uh, self-report health benefits, have always been tricky in healthcare. Right. Uh, and in this space, that's not going to be an exception. So, and I mean, this is part of why clinical trials for many nutraceuticals are crazy difficult to run in the first right. place, right? Uh, you know, it's not, oh, you know, is it healthy? Does it work? It's most of these, uh, most nutraceuticals will probably work for some people, but finding those people, in my opinion, designing that study, that's a nightmare. Self-reported, who funded the study, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right? It's just, like, it's, there are, you have a lot of stakeholders, right? And at the heart of it is a person who's not probably going to want to go to the doctor once a week to tell them, oh, hey, I feel really good now that I've been taking vitamin C or, you know, this other new supplement. So maybe, maybe that's a good place to leave it. I know we've, we kind of went in a few directions here. It seems like the, the jury is somewhat still out on this. Um, you, you could get results, but it's not sure if it'll work for everybody every time. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there are anecdotes for days. Um, generally speaking, I like to think it's it's the nature of it, of it is it's relatively low risk. From a consumer perspective, if you find nutraceuticals that work for you, awesome, great. Uh, from sort of the scientific perspective, I think the next big thing is going to be um, utilizing AI and other sort of testing methods to figure out who's going to benefit from it the most. And from a regulatory business perspective, the thing that we need to keep an eye on are tariffs and regulations and how those might change in the next year or two, because they might change a lot. You know, you mentioned something before we, before we jump off, talk a little bit more about what you meant by AI. What's AI's role here? So that's getting back to the looking at someone's genetics and right. seeing how that applies, because it's you're not going to find a really good direct one to one correlation between has gene X or uh, has genotype X need supplement Y. Generally speaking, for these kinds of conditions, it's going to be multifactorial, right, based on the results of multiple genes interacting with other factors in order to, you know, figure out what actually works best, which is very, very complicated, but is the kind of problem that artificial intelligence and machine learning are extraordinarily well suited to. So developing a program to, to factor in these different variables. Exactly. Okay. I think I think I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm usually with you at least like fifty percent of the time. So hey, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Something to to, to work towards. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Feel free to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. We're usually making an episode or two per week. Next week we'll be discussing benign tumors. And until then, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.